is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to say I have uh, John, John Real or John Ard, which... John Rail. John Rail, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Ard is just tall John in Irish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You might be giving away the ghosts here now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people think I'm Lafoe as well, which is yeah. French for false, you know. There you go, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah so. You're doing the same thing as me. So, yeah, so just to set the... The setting really, I'm in John's house up in Limerick. Uh, thanks for inviting me up. You're very welcome. And he's put me on non alcoholic beer. So <laughs> we're, we're being really professional. <laughs> well, I can't have you driving out here and crashing. So. Yeah, so um, let's start from the early days, if you don't mind. We'll just, I just want to bring you right back. Um, how'd you get into metal? Oh, big question. Yeah. Um, I had started, grunge was big when I was a kid, and I had a neighbour that was listening to Nirvana. Ah. And I remember back then, you, we, it was tapes, like, and I remember one day he had that double tape deck. Yeah, twin decks. Um, he was delighted, I was delighted, he copied me, uh, like, uh, it was actually the unplugged one, it was the oh, yeah. unplugged, yeah, he copied yeah. me that. And I, I wore it right down, like I listened to it so much, because I hadn't, like, back then the internet wasn't a thing, uh, and I, I'm from rural County Clare, so I look, I was it was the radio and you know late late show and stuff like that. But as soon as I heard that, I know that oh, this this is kind of this direction is for me. Um, what were you kind of into before that? Was it kind of morally mostly oh, fanning on? This is when I'm ten now. Like isn't yeah. it? I'm very young, so I don't know. I, I back then I was just kind of fascinated by music and l- live music and loud music. Yeah. And when I was about ten. I got that and it escalated quickly, quickly from there. Um, when my, my parents kind of realized I was into that, because I'd, I'd listen to what, what all my friends were listening to and pretend yeah. it's like that for Because look, when you're that age, you're just trying to, when you're eight, nine, Figure shit like out. That, you just don't want to be fucking the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> um, so uh, my parents kind of realized I was into the heavier stuff or the, the rockier stuff. Is right, say. yeah. And my father had like a few LPs. He had like a few Fleetwood Mac ones. He okay. Had a few Tin Lizzy ones. And I really, really gravitated towards the Tin Lizzy stuff. So I've been kind of listening to Tin Lizzy since I was 11. And I still listen to them now. As in, like, if I go a few weeks out listening to them, I kind of feel unwell, and then I just stick one on and I'm grand, like you know. So. And had you any siblings that you could well, have influenced? Yeah. They all, they all hate the music I'm into really? now. So some of the my brother sometimes, like I'd have grown up with 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 Kerrang then. So when I when it came into the kind of you know identity years, we start growing your hair and start uh, uh, Kerrang and Metal Hammer were kind of popular, and still then the internet was a luxury that when you were waiting for it to dial up and there was nothing like watching a video live you were like I remember going into an internet cafe in town when I was 14 and like just waiting for videos to load by certain bands and going this is great I've spent yeah. like 3 euro to sit here and watch this video buffering <laughs> and um, like I got into the heavier stuff then like I have no shame in saying this that I know like certain kind of of the 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 80s the 80s ilk uh, like the Zella Cult lads and stuff like that um would have started on the the heavier stuff Slayer and all that but and and Kieran who's in Bad Rep would be the same new metal was huge when I was a teenager okay. and uh the bands like Corn and all that were gateway bands and if it wasn't for them like a lot of a lot of the Irish metal scene that is so healthy right now wouldn't exist yeah you need those bands to kind of you know show you the way yeah. you know yeah, as yeah. in like when it comes on now i'm kind of like oh god or i'm kind of like ah jesus you know that was a grand old tune but 
the, the, that new metal stuff um, geez, I'm trying to think of the other bands from that era um, I suppose Corn were, were the big one Limp Biscuit. oh yeah 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 yeah. I, I, <laughs> I remember seeing them going uh, wow this is so this is so great but I, what I was realising then I was kind of becoming conscious of the fact that I was being told to kind of like this stuff okay and it wasn't until kind of started going on forums and yeah. like going, I actually, I'm just, I prefer the heavier stuff. I prefer yeah. the darker stuff for death metal, black metal. So the kind metal. of when you came into it, there was a bit of a void in relation to kind of, um, I suppose, the traditional metal yeah, as yeah, such, yeah. you know, kind of like the trash scene had dried up and people were drifting. Yeah. In, yeah. Drift, including myself now, I was drifting away. I was kind of getting into rap and dance music and. You know, it had been commodified as well. It was popular. It was yeah. like what was in, you know, was in like award shows had metal bands at them. Like they did actually, yeah. Bands. And like Metallica all cut their hair, and you know they were all you know wearing blue jeans and sunglasses and stuff like that. It, it, it became trendy. Like there was, I we were watching some nineties movies there the other day. I forget what it was, but the, like the soundtrack was so nineties metal. Really, yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> and early noughties, early noughties. Yeah, but look all that music is what led me to where i was i think when i was kind of 16 17 i dyed my hair black sorry 15 i dyed my hair black i started listening to like, i'm a huge nine inch nails fan i started listening to all ah, that class stuff. yeah then it went, like i went down the the, the heavier route uh, whenever you start listening listing bands you're like i hope i don't forget somebody i listen to yeah but uh but like where did um the the goth influence all oh, right yeah well, yeah, so I'm married to a got, and I, I do consider myself, I suppose, a got yeah. in the loosest sense of the word. Okay. Um, yeah, where did that come from? That's, no, I've never been asked that, actually. Um, I've always kind of been into uh, the literature, the movies and stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, the, the music kind of is hand in hand with that. I just think that there's... When when a band puts so much effort into their overall image, yeah, you kind of stand up and take notice yeah. rather than four lads that look like they just like you know come in from McDonald's. Yes, is exactly. in like when a band puts on a show and generally the darker shows. I, I you've, you've tweaked my memory now. I remember I saw a footage of um, uh, Nine Inch Nails at Woodstock, the famous. I think it was right, nineteen ninety four yeah. one, mm-hmm. and like they were completely covered in talc paint, like blackout everywhere yeah. and it was just raw and aggressive and it was yeah. dark and like look Trent Reznor was a got back then now he's an Oscar winning uh, yeah. uh, you know superstar with huge muscles yeah. uh, and I it's think it's weird a, a gaggle of about 5,000 kids at this point yeah. but uh, and oh, look he's a happy man mm-hmm. uh, do you think kind of as well that you kind of have to grow up a bit to kind of appreciate other forms of music as well. I think Metlers and uh, I think Ali touched on this in the mm. last interview as well. That like kind of Metlers seem to be way more open-minded with other genres than we'd say just the normal Joe Soap that's into his uh, we'd say eighties, nineties music. Because um, you know, I certainly didn't like the Cure or the Smiths or anything like that when I was a teenager. Love the Cure, you know. Um, <laughs> but certainly then when kind of in my late twenties. I just kind of went back and kind of looked at all that music and kind of went, Jesus Christ, yeah. there's actually shitloads here that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it, it took me a long way to get to that point, you know. I think there's certain 
elements of the metal community that are always exploring and expanding. Yeah. Uh, your question there would like about the goth thing. I, I probably listen to more goth music now than I did back then. Yeah. And certainly there's going to be listeners saying that like Nightingales aren't goth, but I, li- I do listen to like a lot of the goth bands now. Yeah. Fields and Nephilim. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Sisters of Mercy and then like if she passed away. Um, I, I'm not just name dropping like, but uh, like Drab Majesty and all that sort of stuff. And the reason I listen to it now is uh, you can get to the point when you're putting on gigs so much that you're putting on metal and listening to metal, listen to bands I want to play that you're like, I just want to listen to something else that yeah. isn't pop music and stuff like that. And I really gravitate to that. And plus, just from being in the car with, with the wife and stuff and like listening to some, she doesn't particularly like it when it's screaming all the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't notice that anymore. So we kind of, we have the artists. A happy medium. We have the artists we both like listen to in the car yeah. and then we have the stuff I listen to when I'm going to work by myself. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is far different. Yeah, which is far different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you really touched on something interesting there. I, I think that it's important and it is important in the metal scene that a lot of us are more open to listening to other other genres of music and like giving other stuff a chance rather than just wiping the board and saying no I don't listen yeah. to that or made in Metallica that's it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's it. and that's it yeah and there is look there is, look, there is a few like that they yeah. exist yeah. but I think they are a minority yeah and like you would see that at the siege and stuff like that that there is people willing to go watch a band and like you know dispel the myths they have about that type of music or what yeah. it is I'm just, I'm just laughing there because I was at the Marquee. I think it was Toto. And yeah, I was yeah. I was kind of conscious going in there, kind of going, Jesus Christ. I'd hardly meet any of the lads that know me of from course, the metal yeah. scene. And there was uh, Dave from uh, Gallic yeah, upon him. Yeah, yeah. And he, in full bullet belt and leather jacket. And I'm just there going, hi, Dave. And he's going, hi, oh, Richie. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, we'll keep it quiet. We'll say no. Toto with a job. Like, as in, I, at the end of every siege, we play like a non metal 80s. So it has to be from the 80s. Okay. And like, we play Toto. We play in excess as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, totally clips of the heart is, is often. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, there's such a thing as the ears being saturated at that point. You need yeah. kind of a palate but, like, cleanser. It's, it's just acknowledging what, like, my. Yeah, and as well as that, brilliant musicianship. Exactly. They yeah, put on, yeah. like, they brought America to the Marquee in Cork just with like the percussionists they'd like backing singers they'd everything you know and the sound then was just crystal clear as well yeah. it was brilliant you know it was kind of it's nice to see that and again if you're just going to be so narrow minded you're missing out on an awful lot of other things you know yeah and I think there's that assumption and I certainly get it and I'm assume, assuming you've got it a few times that you know like all metalheads are a bit of a meathead and uh, that they they're just they just kind of want aggression in their music yeah. and stuff anti-social, like that anti-social man uh, and they're anti-social well. yeah yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's annoying, and at points, you, like even when you're you get older, at points you kind of just get a little bit annoyed about it because it's just so ingrained in society yes. that we are bass music fans. Yeah, and even when you get in a conversation with like another music fan who's into something, or the classic line, "I used to listen to heavy metal," <laughs> which is like, "What the fuck? Do what you do you want me to do like, with that?" Yeah, Jesus, yeah. I hate that. There's I just don't give it a platform anymore. If somebody says it, I just don't. I just kind of stop the conversation. Yeah, you can't really, because um, like it's it's. Are they trying to tell me they have evolved now and they listen to? You know, I think that's what they're they're implying. Yeah, you know. You just move on. What about kind of uh, early gigs? 
for yourself early uh, gigs for myself had you had yourself in a mate gun yeah I, I i spent all my money uh i have an entire garage out there full of cds i spent all of my money from my so i worked from the age of 15 and uh i told them i was 16 but i was 15 yeah my employer, they can't get me now they no, can't get you're me safe, you're safe. and i actually spent all my money on CDs. It's crazy. It's uh, CDs and gigs and getting buses to Dublin and uh, missing school. But uh, I still did, I did everything. It's grand. But um, yeah, I'd have gone to all the big ones. I'd have gone to Metallica. Iron Maiden in the in the, the point at the time, I think it was Dance of Death Tour, was the first one of the big shows I was at where oh, I was yeah, like, this is a production. And right. the reason that one sticks out of my head is because one of my friends, uh, Steve Ford, he lives in, he lives in uh, England now, yeah, he wore a big trench coat and leather pants and a leather vest, like a little, le- like a, and leather gloves. And <laughs> we were right up near the front because we were only about 16. Right. And he was melted. Uh, <laughs> and he just refused because the image. He refused yes. to take it off. And like, the, the sweat was just pouring off him. And all he cared about was the, that image. That, like, yeah. he said, oh, no, I have to keep. And like, people were standing on his coat because he was wearing the long trench. Oh, oh it was gas. It was gas crack. But that, like, that's, uh, I remember that was one of my first kind of big, big adventures to Dublin. Mm. Um, I would have gone to local gigs. The, the gift of being tall is that when I was underage, I got into yes. the gigs. Like, so I would have seen... where were those local gigs then? Um, where would I have gone? So the High Stool, um, Nestor's was, I used to do gigs. These are all in Clare, is it? No, no, in yeah. Limerick. Oh, so right, okay. I, I'm from Clare, but I, I'm about, uh, about 20, 25 minutes, oh, okay. if you put the foot down, from right. uh, from here. like So yeah. uh, I moved into Limerick wholesale myself when I was 18. Jeez, that was um, fairly young, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those, you know, look, I was a rebel kid, like, yeah. I, had, I had the piercings, I had the long hair, uh, now I love my mum and dad now, they're lovely people, I'm not going to be like, oh, uh, yeah. but uh, back then I was like, oh, I want to get out and get my own place, I'm cool, man. Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah, they're dropping me in fresh vegetables and groceries every week because otherwise they'd have been dead. Uh, but yeah, I got, I'd have gone to gigs when I was 16. Like, my, my parents knew I was into music. I was like, I, look, I, was, I, I kept I kept my head down in school and did everything like that, but I was allowed to go to gigs and stuff. Right. Um, and I would have gone into like the high school, which is closed down. And the high school was one of those venues that the nostalgia mode is kind of yeah. covered every everyone says it was amazing it wasn't always amazing I was in there when there was like two people in there for a game right, yeah. you know but I'd have seen bands like The Swarm and Victim X and uh, Roper back then were were kind of a big band in Limerick they were the, the new metal acolytes at the time okay. but the, and I remember when I saw The Swarm then I used to think they were the heaviest thing ever and then when they mm. did a reunion gig and this is no offense to them. They weren't as heavy as I thought they were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was just, you know, your ear, I suppose, grows. Um, where else was there gigs in Limerick? And then Bakers after that. I was kind of in college when Bakers was a big thing. And Bakers is kind of where Bad Rep started, okay. cool. um, where we all came together. Um, you stayed in Limerick in relation to college-wise as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just I stayed in Limerick. I did liberal arts and then I went okay. on and uh, did uh, Newton Community Masters and that's what I work as. And was there much of a scene through the college? Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, it was interesting to see that happening because I guess when we started Bad Rep, we were students and we were appealing to students and a lot of the stuff we were doing was kind of midweek and we were the student audience right. and we'd be delighted to have a few students in or even have a band play. And there was, like, there was three of us in Bad Rep at the time. Um, you know, one of the one of the former Bad Rep people is in Cork now. Uh, Shout uh, out to him, Gun. Yeah, Shane Horn. You know, you know oh, Shane. So, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was three of us, and we did gigs there. Shane worked in the venue. He was uh, like a booker in the venue. And Kieran, 
Um, me and Kieran actually, it's it's funny how we know each other. So I started how I started doing events was outside of bad rep. Uh, uh, we did like uh, metal disco in a venue, <laughs> and uh, I I did that myself with a few friends, and it was packed. Like it was it was it was an under 18s one because I was okay. only I think I was like eighteen myself, yeah. and uh, we were doing a disco. It was packed. We were doing really well. Like it was great, and uh, Kieran was running a gig the same day but the vet this was in Riddlers the venue owner hadn't told Kieran or me that there was two events he double booked events okay yourself so, and Kieran were double booked yeah but we didn't me and Kieran didn't know each other like oh, so okay. at this point right. um, okay. so Kieran rocks in and <laughs> comes up to me and I'm up like by the DJ box and he goes what's going on what the what's going on and I was like yeah. oh, well, we bring up the bar manager bar manager tries to play it off as if it was our fault oh, we quite quickly realised that like it wasn't our fault we didn't know what to do so like we didn't start in the best of terms me and Kieran but then when we had our first meeting we explained like we were talking about that situation it was a childish it was a childishness thing and we were la- we laugh at it now it's gas that that's how we first met yeah. Kieran was actually putting on a metal gig and he'll lie he'll say like what was hilarious was he came up to our event which was packed then he put on this metal gig there was about four or five people <laughs> at it and um, yeah we, we started doing gigs I did a few gigs myself um, in upstairs in Nestor's which is gone now I'm pretty sure it's the Thai restaurant you said you're going to let her yes is, this is actually where Nestor's used Very to be good uh, so that where, where you're sitting eating whatever you're eating later that's Take where they used to do the gigs <laughs> the shit, um, there might be a few uh, initials carved into some yeah, fucking wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we did the initial um, uh, we did our initial few gigs there and they, they were grand but the thing Kieran is just an amazing sound engineer and he's like really good at dealing with bands and that's something people from kind of travelling around and seeing that in other countries a lot to be said for a, a sound engineer that's patient with, with bands and right. people. Yeah. Like people. They don't tell you you need people skills to be a sound engineer. Yeah. And like I've met real nerdy sound engineers that know everything about everything, yeah. but they won't talk to the band. And just, I remember in those first kind of years watching Kieran, like learning, he's still learning, yeah. but he'll deal with the biggest divas in the room the same way he'll deal with the big bands with the small bands, they all get treated the same. Yeah. Uh, he'll Which talk is to them the same. To him, like. oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's poetry in motion to watch it happen, yeah. to be honest. And like, he's great. He, like, he sets everything up on the right foot. And you hear like horror stories off the road of bands coming in and everything going wrong. But touch wood every time a band comes to Limerick and we get the feedback later they say oh I know you treated us well and you're mm-hmm. nice and as long as you kind of treat the small band and it's the same as the big band uh, I, think, I think it kind of goes well and, you yeah. know. early days of bad reputation um, we, did you have any contact with we'll say any of the gang in Dublin no. at the time no, no you were so just like were you just finding finding your own feet initially obviously um, but yeah. what were you kind of looking at was there a plan at the start or did yeah. it just develop slowly? Yeah, we had meetings and stuff. Okay. Um, me and Shane used to live together, so we used to talk about it a lot. Uh, so we used to have meetings. We used to do this thing on Sundays called Metal Aftermath. Okay. We, we used to do this thing that. on Sundays. That was after we did a few student gigs. And like they looked, they were some of them went good, some of them went bad, uh, some of them went great. And uh, it was actually... The siege started as a as a result of that, and I don't know we'll be going into that later. Yeah. But uh, basically, one of the Sundays we uh, we actually overbooked, and we approached the venue and said, "Look, can we open earlier and do something? We'll call it something." And we just kind of kept booking. Now uh, the, the back then uh, the first kind of few of them, because uh, Shane was in the venue, he would have really linked it with the venue and done all that sort right. of stuff. So yeah. cre- credit to him there. Yeah, it was fantastic. We kind of got a slap up the arse 
uh, when we had to leave Bakers. I'll go on to that in a minute, but you're asking about the early gigs. A lot of local bands, um, Cork and a few from Dublin every now and again. Uh, Bakers would have been about the size of, uh, I'll go Cork, about two Fred Zeppelins. Okay. Um, All right, yeah. Uh, Which is still a nice crowd. Like. Yeah, people have, have nostalgia for it, and we had the capacity to do two stages in there after a while, yeah. uh, but tighter. Like, if you yeah. it, you were talking at the sieges there, you were talking maybe 100, 150 right. people, and it yeah. was ramped, like, in the t- between the two venues. Mm. So it's gas to see where it's gone. And how but regular we, were those gigs, John? Um, we'd have done at least one a month thing, okay. and uh, that was on Sundays uh, and we'd have done one every now and again we, we wouldn't have done many tour and stuff the tour and stuff happened when we had to leave Bakers so uh, do you want me to talk about that? yeah definitely yeah, yeah. Um, so Bakers closed down and uh, Shane, Shane moved abroad and he, we were me and Kieran were like a oil, well oiled machine with kind of doing local gigs then and I had to sit down with him and I'm not throwing bouquets at myself or anything yeah. but I am throwing bouquets at myself now um, we, I kind of said oh, I, I want to kind of take this to the next level yeah. I want to I wanna set the scene in relation to your own personal life back then just uh, like being on uh, Dr. Phil this yeah. is <laughs> well Richie um, I was just finished my undergrad uh, I had a job I had a job so stuff like that. that That that's always helped I've kind of always had a job so my hobby as long as I kept one separate from the other yeah the gigs was a hobby okay and back then we, were, we weren't making any money yeah yeah <laughs> um, and we're not now like as in it's it's very much still a hobby um, but yeah I was working maybe uh, three or four days a week at that point uh, trying to focus on getting my career going which is thankfully going now cool and uh, the, what do you mean what's the background do you mean yeah that was it just basically um, yeah. you weren't kind of hoping to get a full time Oh no! Um, oh, that's sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I you could never do. People ask me this all the time. Uh, a lot of people seem to think I make my living off bad rep. I'd be destitute. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, so you can't outside of Dublin and even Belfast struggles at times. Uh, uh, like James, it's part time for him as well. Like yeah. he just does it as a hobby. It's James uh, out of distortion. James out of the distortion yeah. project. Yeah, uh, lovely man. Uh, and but like then when you have like H and DME in Dublin. Like he has a huge population base now. He like is in. He's grafted to get it yeah. to, to that level, and like I know, like is in. He's rolled with the punches for a few years, mm. and like now he's got the kind of savvy head on him. So yeah, I would look to him for advice or stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think you need the population of yeah. like the likes of Dublin minimum to yeah. to make a living off it. Yeah, you, you just don't. You can't do it here. As in, even in Cork, I think you'd struggle ah, to yeah, be pride exactly. primarily metal. I had like ideas when I was a bit younger and naive, uh, like fleeting ideas. But uh, no, it could, it could yeah. never really. I think where we have it now, if we can just maintain that, mm. we're we're doing well. Yeah. So, yeah. so therefore, like my point being that, like, kind of you realised in probably in your early twenties then mm. that it wasn't feasible to go full time on this. Yeah, I I realized it wasn't feasible to go full time, but I also realized that it was possible to bring some bigger bands to Limerick and do some bigger gigs and okay. to try and risk risk. Like, we, there was a conversation with somebody. You now he doesn't. He's gone a while now. He's gone to some other part of the world. I don't know where. But he, I remember he was trying to talk me down one night out of doing 
uh, a big gig. Oh, mm. you don't understand. You know, I don't know that. Oh, you, you you don't understand what limit. Like, it was real pessimistic, and I I I, I look grumpy, and lots of people say that to me because yeah. I look grumpy. It's, it runs in the family. I have like a resting grumpy face, <laughs> but uh, I'm generally fairly positive. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, I don't like that negativity. Uh, I said I'm going to just transit and look what. Like if uh, you win some, you lose some, and that's yeah. been the way it's always been. You win some, you lose some. And any of the promoters that have kind of stayed, even in, in Cork, that have kind of stayed the, the course, they realise that. Like as in, uh, and somebody asked me for advice on promoting, and I said, don't get into promoting if you're looking to make friends. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people do. Um, like I got into promoting because I am terrible at playing any sort of instrument. Um, right. And I love metal and I love yes. putting on gigs. And there was nobody putting on gigs. Okay. And there was nobody taking that risk. And I'm good at, I'm organized in that sort of way. Yeah. And I got a kind of a thick skin for that sort of stuff. That's the last of the bouquets of myself now, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so, and then Kieran is on the other side then. Good cop, bad cop. No, but like, I, I, I'm always, Jesus, I'm always the bad cop. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kieran, 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 now, when Kieran's bad cop, it's scary. It's scary, scary stuff. And he's been bad cop before, and I've just been like, oh, God. Just take a step back there. Oh, God. Uh, I'll just let him have go because he never gets to really be bad cop because I have to be bad cop. Like, I'll say no to people and I look, I'll tell them, I'll put them in their place and stuff like that because, like, you know, it's it's tough. It's, it's, it's like booking bands is. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, compromise, compromise, trying to get stuff. Mm. And then there's a lot of personalities in the metal scene, like of all levels. Yeah. And some of them you just kind of have to say nothing, go outside for five minutes, take a deep breath, go back in. <laughs> I uh, won't ask you to name names. So what uh, was what was um, the first big one that you can remember that you were kind of going, Jesus, this will either make or break us uh, financially. Can you remember? Yeah, uh, the first big one we did was a failure. Right, okay. Um, uh, it was Wolves in the Throne Room. Okay. Um, but it was a great gig. Yeah. But it didn't make, the money wasn't great. Okay. Um, but I remember dealing with the agents and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, you know, this is great. So I feel like living in LA. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, it was it was nice. And when they came there, like, I love I love Wolves in the Throne Room. Like, Two Hunters is one of my favorite albums. Um, and when they came, it was like they arrive in and they've their tour bus and they've everything and I was like, whoa, this is great. And this is in Dolan's. Great. This is in Dolan's. Yeah. yeah, it was my first dealing with Dolan's. So we okay. were kind of uh, we were a little bit lost. And uh, how we got into Dolan's was I me we approached him about the siege and said, can we do it there? So we did one of our first sieges out. There's this um, wood siege in the middle between so one, two, three, and four were all in Baker's. Five was out in UL. It was right. in the courtyard okay. in the students' union, and uh, my, my, if I survive that, I'll survive anything. It was <laughs> difficult. Uh, we had to do that. We'd do a lot of work there. It was like a beautiful thing about and look, Cork is definitely similar. We're we're so close together. But the beautiful thing about Limerick is a lot of people have helped us out with like gear, driving us, driving stuff around, uh, you know, just lending stuff and you know time, and you know, we, like and what over the years then we've paid them back for like favors they've done okay. and stuff like that yeah. you know as in it's just it small enough small enough it. community you yeah, need so, it yeah, yeah like gear yeah. gear is the big thing like the siege we borrow off so, the limerick band so much they really help dig us out and yeah. it's just about like you know they get it as in like the rising tide brings up all ships and i do think the limerick metal community i don't like the word scene limerick metal community yeah is uh is is, is in good health um could do it a few more bands um, mm. for the amount of you know stuff that's going on here, but 
which I always think is hilarious because Cork like ebbs and flows with gigs yeah. it's doing well at the moment and long hopefully it'll last and mm. um, but like look there was a period there six or seven years ago where we were getting all the people from Cork up for our gigs yeah uh, because there wasn't really anything happening down there outside of the odd Mastodon gig once a, once every yeah, two or three that's years that's right yeah and um, uh, it's I don't know where I was going with you were tracing back to UL for your ah, sieges yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, so five was there yeah it was gas, gas crack. We had an outdoor stage, uh, which was interesting. Uh, it was sunny. It was really sunny for, it was in April. And there, there, we could have stayed there, but I just remember I had a chat with the Dolans, um, who've been really good to us. I have to say that in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have to, you know. They, they're, they're great. They really, they're really are. They understand. Uh, Neil is like a, a metal fan himself. And like some of the bands I'll ring him about, he won't know who they are. But he'll ask me, he said, think it'll work <laughs> and I'll go it'll do alright or I'll say oh this will work and is Na- <laughs> it, sorry for those that know is yeah. Neil the manager or is the owner uh, he's the so Dolan's uh, Mick Dolan and Valerie Dolan are, they, they own it so, okay. and then Neil is their, their son and he does oh, all, right, he's, their, okay. he's their principal booker he's the okay. chief chief booking oh, shout out to Neil then yeah you good know. man yeah, he's yeah. Um, he um, he started supporting us then with gigs uh, to put him on in there because they're just such a great venue and yes it's it's lovely that's like as in when, when when i go to other venues i'm like this isn't like home yeah 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 <laughs> Dolan's is kind of home for us now well it is home yeah um, it is home, so we yeah. moved there from six onwards okay so, we're so on to 23 now yeah it's <laughs> incredible so through that whole period how many friendships did did you form uh god countless i mean i know it's a hard slog for you but i mean you know the friendships you form through a period of time mm. and when you look back on it now yeah yeah like a few a few spring to minds um like uh, we mentioned james in belfast and like you do link in with the promoters that you see graft grafton yeah you know as in uh james in belfast h has been really good to us with shows yeah. uh, and dara dara from invictus uh, productions um i got to know him through gigs he, okay. he contacted me about I'm after leaving out one of the venues we were in. I just have to realise. Go on. Um, we did. We used to be in this venue called the Blind Pig. Okay. I've heard of that. Lots of people have weird. fond memories yeah. of it. Um, it was smaller than Fred Zeppelin's. There yeah. you go now. So there is a venue that's smaller than Fred's. <laughs> but, um, mythological venue. We did. I did my first gig there with Dara. Um, really? He, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a big one. Um, it was Gospel of the Horns and Boulder had just started. Okay. And we did, uh, we were doing small gigs there, great bar to gigs in because if there was 20 people in there, it seemed packed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was loud and it was great and it was kind of down and dirty. Now it was a flash in the pan as venues go, uh, but it did help us kind of get our name out there with a lot of Dublin bands. It was kind of my first foray into booking a whole year. Right. Then, um, kind of of shows. We did, I think we did a year there. And the end of that was this, this Gospel of the Horns and uh, Boulder show. And sure, then we Boulder headline one of the sieges, um, only la- or 28 one. And they're huge now. Yeah. And we were joking about them playing in that small basement as the opening act. Yeah. And it's got, of course, it's come full circle now with Dara actually playing in yeah, uh, yeah. Berklack now for you in the Yeah, siege, yeah. You know? I'd be, I'd be, I have a good time for Dara. Um, uh, like as in, he's, he's look, uh, he started a label anyone that kind of starts something from nothing in Ireland where generally like we don't have much in the way of grants from arts councils we don't nothing. get much nothing alternative gets supported yeah. no alternative businesses are understood they're kind of laughed at you know as in it's uh, there's this kind of Catholic guilt uh, that's what I'm going to say it is about 
liking metal and making metal a viable business and even when like Sunstroke took me how many years to come back and look it's a rock festival it's not a metal festival no, there's yeah. a few metal fest bands on it but it's, mm. it's a rock festival yeah. and this is our first foray into it how many years did it take to come back um, yeah. it's just not seeing it and then you've got like the rest of Europe with their make it like there's an industry of metal but I could there. argue with you there to say mm. the only reason Sunstroke is back is because um, the Celtic Tiger is, is in full swing yeah yeah and they're keeping you that know, quiet aren't there's they? money there's money yeah. there it's like, back because they can see there's a, it's a viable um, yeah audience now we'll see how it goes that remains yeah. to be seen yeah. um like is in that that's the joke is in how do you know the boom is back yeah mcd are doing a metal festival there in punchestown that's <laughs> it like, exactly so but when did you first realize then that we can actually get sponsors in to help us with uh the siege i suppose um yeah so the sponsorship thing was a was a while uh, what happened we we it started earlier on we just kind of contacted alcohol companies that were uh coming into Ireland trying like so it started with was it Bavaria it was Bavaria it was Bavaria yeah. and uh, the, the first the first five were Bavaria For, sorry the first one wasn't anything then two three four five six was Tuberg involved as well Tuberg came involved then as well yeah. so when we moved to Dolan's um, we were collectively approached by Tuberg about it mm. and that was for a while it's gone now a while we haven't been Sponsored by a, a booze company now, booze company <laughs> <laughs> for a while. Um, because I, I look, I didn't want to. I it was they were great, and thank you for the support. But yeah. the siege is very much, I don't want to sell our soul to anything, you know. Okay, um, so Jägermeister would be, uh, and was that creeping in at the time? Uh, just with concessions about putting up certain stuff and having okay. stuff some places, and the so the Dole, the Dolans now uh back the siege to a certain extent, and then. The merch, and that's what the merch is. That's why I like always like, please buy merch. Yeah. Please buy merch. Yeah. They, they, they flip it because it's not fr- like I know it's free, but like the it's taken years off my life. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's just the kind of stress of trying to keep it balanced. Yeah. And like we're it's twenty three of them now. It's coming up. This is the twenty third coming up in uh, April. It is twenty twenty now, isn't it? I'm glad, kind of, you brought up the merch. You always seem to sell out of t shirts. Yeah. Too fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. But then you know. Uh, it's like the, what's the, I, know, the I know everything is a balancing act but are yeah. you, you kind of just I want them in demand I want them in demand you know is in, yeah we are I ordered more this time than I normally do but the other thing is I don't want it to be so like as in it's if we, if we sell too many t-shirts we're going to be making huge profit and then there's questions about like free stuff like that I, I, I've no problem saying that so okay. I'd rather have a limited t-shirt and have people come in early to see the early bands and stuff like which that is, which is a great point yeah, yes yeah. you will get your t-shirt if you're in early you're in early and yeah. you know tough shit now we do uh, because of the ilk of like Tribulation are one of my favourite bands favourite bands yeah. like they're top five and mm-hmm. uh uh, I had the, the most embarrassing thing that happened at that stage was somebody told them they were my favorite. Nobody wants to be told. Like I was meeting tribulation and I was upstairs talking to them, man to man, you know. Yeah. And then Dara O'Leary goes, "John's your number one fan." And I was like, "I feel <laughs> oh, like I'm twelve, no. Dara. I'm not twelve. So I was kind of like, "Yeah." So I just made a joke out of it, and it was grand. But uh, um, there was a lot more people internationally coming for that siege. Yeah. So and we were getting messages about holding t-shirts. I was like, "Look, I'll, I'll order a few more." They still went. Yeah. And it, look, it's down to the artwork as well. We've had great artists who work yeah. on the thing. Like uh, so, like so, give them a shout out there. Um, um, so wise. over the years, we've had three artists. Um, so Ken Coleman, yeah. uh, local local man, uh, he would have done a lot. Uh, Roz Hayes, um, yeah. 
Roseanne Hayes or Ross Hayes right. she goes by both she would have done quite quite a quite a few and then there's uh, like Richard Carson um, who's a tattoo artist in Dublin he uh, he's an amazing tattoo artist like uh, he would have uh, I don't know if anyone knows uh, Joseph Deegan he's another tattoo artist right. up there uh, Joseph I think was uh, Richard was his apprentice I could be wrong here right. you know? but yeah. uh, I think he was but couldn't a great a great master yes. uh, sensei uh, <laughs> So and do they approach you or do you approach I approach them, them yeah. Okay, so you're, yeah, you're yeah. Roz not, has done them all pretty much uh, and then Richard did the last one and Ken did about six or eight or nine of them. Right. And I've done a few myself, I have to okay. do myself. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're the easy ones, like yeah. just logo movement and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. I have a few, a few skills. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, some of them are as rare as hens teeth, you know, um, yeah. which is great, you know. It's, 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 I, I keep, you know, keep the demand up. That's yeah. Sure. So then uh, when you're kind of dealing with sponsors, uh, mm. you're, you're hoping to get to a wider audience. I think kind of the siege really has kind of set the, the bar with that by uh, getting in younger bands, younger mm, people by leaving yeah. it all age. Would that yeah. be correct? Yeah, and uh, that was important. Um, I think to keep a sustainable, it's one thing where we kind of, we've we've really let ourselves down in Ireland to kind of sustain a metal scene or any sort of metal scene, be it underground, be it overground, be it mainstream. Yeah. You need young people at gigs. I don't care if you're the crankiest old fogey that doesn't like... Yeah. At some point, you're going to stop going to gigs, and you yes. you still want gigs to happen, and you still want it to happen. So, the, like the siege is, is all ages, family friendly. It's what we say because, like, if they're under a certain age, they need to have a parent with them, and yeah. or something like that. And that happens. You see, you see families in there in the morning. Hey, Ruben's first gig was Ten Ton Slug. Yeah, the siege. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that's so not you, a bad one. Exactly. So they kind of look. Convert them young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, as in, look, it's good fun. And I have friends that go to the siege um, that bring their kids and stuff like that. And they go because it's a good day out. Yeah. They're not actually, those, those, those friends aren't metal fans, but they go, oh, it's great crack. I love yeah. going to it and hanging out and stuff like that. Mm. And we've always tried to maintain that. It's been hard to maintain that uh, underage thing. Like, the system fights against you on it. Okay. Um, uh, so, but because you're allowed it's a pub and you're allowed to uh, you know as in as long as they're supervised they're allowed to be on the premises yeah. uh, until a certain time right but uh, look it's important to kick them out yes time. So, I'm sure so there's plenty of examples so they're gone at six bells yeah, yeah, um, yeah and then you know a lot of adults only show up then and that's completely fine yeah. as well you know do you know uh, what I, I like actually as well um, is and, and, and it's something that they don't get any credit for mm. and they're very easy target as well and um, the bouncers mm. oh yeah yeah the, the bouncers in the siege are absolutely wonderful yeah shout out to Podge and his team yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah, deserve credit man yeah they're, they're Podge, Ali they're, they're all great they're uh, Podge is uh, extremely patient like um, oh, I'll tell one story about Podge I won't name names but there was a, there was a guy who was had, had too much of a few things uh, yeah. and uh uh, no, it was all alcohol related, but he was, uh, and um, he was actually playing in a band, right. and uh, he had nowhere to stay until his bus was going, okay. and it was lashing rain. Right. So Podge found a nice quiet spot for him, and he'd no like he'd no money, nothing like that, because he'd spent it all. Yeah. And instead of kicking him out, which you'd get in any other venue where they wouldn't care anything, Podge found a quiet spot for him. Give him a cup of tea, set him down there outside. Said you're not going anywhere near the venue anymore because yeah. you're not allowed to be in there because you're yeah. over them. But you 
can sit here, have a cup of tea for an hour. Here's a few biscuits and everything like that. Let him sit down. And I said, I've never met yes. a bouncer. That's that sound. Yeah. And like he'd be kind of nice with lads, you know, yeah. as in he realizes that there'd be a bit metal gigs can get a bit boisterous and like he'd have a laugh. You'd get a bit mm. of a bounce of a laugh off him, like make jokes. I think he is the bulb of, he looks like a ball Danzig. <laughs> I'm telling you, look at him next time. I will, yeah. He looks like Danzig. It's yeah. actually gas. I keep saying it to him and I keep jokingly sometimes about my hair in his head. Because look, bless him, he's not tall. Um, he is another important component ah, in an in yeah. overall enjoyable day, you know? Ah, the, look, you know? The, the, the staff there as well are sound. Um, there's never really any, look, there's grief at everything, but there's never really serious grief in no. the siege. Ever. No, it does not. Um, uh, it's not like, and I think... you. Uh, Metal gigs always are always class A insurance gigs. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's high premium insurance gig, yeah. and nothing happens at them. Yeah. You know, as in like if you like, as in everyone kind of looks out for everyone else. The the best thing the bar manager said to me there once, um, that he, it's the most politest event he ever serves at. That's incredible because he said people wait to be served and they say thank you and stuff and yeah. you're like you'll see this guy coming up with a face like iron on him yeah. uh, and like <laughs> dressed like a dressed like a security fence and like <laughs> it, he'll be like one point of Guinness please yeah and he'll be like thank you and then he's like oh my god you, you don't get that you don't yeah. get there's perceptions no, and then yeah there's no freaking airs or graces about it and like in my time I've done other gigs over the years and I just like god give me a metal community any, give me a metal gig any day even like people chat to each other outside in the smoking area, mm-hmm. there's this kind of thing that if you see kind of somebody by themselves, you will kind of let them into your circle. Like I know this is all like you know hands across America shite I'm talking now, but there is that a bit of, a bit more warmth, and I think that's a very much an Irish thing because I've gone to gigs abroad and like I while actually yeah, while the crowd yeah while the crowds are big and there's loads of things if you're you can feel a little bit alienated yeah. um i felt that actually in brutal assault yeah which which was predominantly european um yeah. like we <laughs> funnily enough all we met all that seemed to be there was australians <laughs> they're just a different level of uh oh, anyway yeah yeah um, but yeah um, somebody let them off the reservation yeah, yeah it's different different breed, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, lovely guys don't get me wrong but man you know after a while they're kind of you're grimacing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. When, when does the planning of the siege start it's all the time is it all the time so when yeah. one is finishing are you literally kind of going the bands that didn't make this one we're, we're moving them into the yeah. next one um, I know you do have to rotate we'd say local acts maybe we're getting it's the heavy questions now yeah um, <laughs> look we get uh, got six emails today uh, applying for it uh, from, they're all over the place yeah. I'd lose my job if I replied to all of them so hopefully people are listening to this realising we're not arseholes like Kieran has a job full time job I have a full time job yeah. and we get it's because we're like 13 years in um, you know it's Sorry, 12 years in. I don't I forget how far we're in. <laughs> <Yeah>. 12. <laughs> uh, 12. With yeah. the siege, we're 12. Yeah. Uh, we're, I think we're 14 years in with Bad Rap. Yeah. But uh, they, it's all the time. Now, I, my my wife, uh, Sorsha, who I haven't given a shout out to yet. Shout out to Sorsha. Yep. Sorsha is a saint. Um, she's really patient. But like I, we, I, me and Kieran both take a few weeks off after the siege. Yeah. And we just literally reply to nothing. Yes. Because you need to. Because it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And when you're working full time, and you're, I'm sure it's the same with you in the podcast, you have to use your free time. 
and like free time is precious like that's for yeah. you know that's for friends and family so you really i've got better at it now about compartmentalizing like i wasn't for years uh in my single years i'd be up till 2 3 a.m doing posters okay emails yeah. and like i'd queue the email to send the next morning so they didn't know i was emailing at 3 a.m <laughs> um and stuff like that and like you're robbing peter to pay paul there like you're you know you're a ghost walking around but look that's how we built it it was long nights mm. long nights early hours dealing with bands uh working stuff out and like you know balancing balancing the books and stuff like that we wouldn't be doing gigs in dolan's if dolan's it didn't wasn't doing well for them i'll yeah. watch you that way yeah. so when a gig goes bad they go fair enough because this one went great yeah you know and it is that balancing accent and it is that active fate and like i wouldn't be doing gigs if Sorsha didn't realize that I love it and it's my hobby it's a passion some people play golf I yeah. put on gigs yeah some people play guitar I put on gigs I can't play mm. guitar I wish I could play guitar um but uh so yeah so the avalanche of emails yeah when they start coming fairly fast oh, after the yeah. yeah so we, we we've put them all in folders and then we do me and Karen would meet obviously <laughs> we don't want to so we'd either talk on the phone or i got a call into him or he calls into me and uh we'd have a chat and we say these bands these bands these bands and i generally have like i give him like a an, an excel sheet of a load of bands right and we're just going to be blunt as we can be we always we like prioritizing limerick bands, yep. uh because look we're from limerick uh, well i'm from Clare, but uh yeah. limerick and stuff like that and look it's it's the siege of Limerick yes. um, so yeah comment, some sarky comments were made about certain bands playing all the time and I was like I'm always going to put Kieran's bands on Yeah, he does enough for us yes. and they're great bands mm-hmm. um, but yeah we do I think the next one is the most new bands we've ever had Okay, and with that comes a lot more work because they're not used to us they don't get the structure and you've got a lot of people kind of staring off into the middle distance with their mouth open when they land into the venue okay. and they're kind of, you're kind of trying to get them because uh, with the siege is an oiled machine now, we've like a we've a crew of fantastic volunteers um, that help us um, in, in the merch, like uh, whatever. In I'm Sorsha is great with the merch. Uh, Sean is great with the merch. Uh, you know, as in over the years, we've had loads of people help with that, and they do that for free. Yeah, and actually, it's true. Yeah, they don't get. Yeah, like and then some bands are sound. Some bands will give them a few mm. pounds, and they'll be like, "Oh, deadly," you know. Yeah. And but they look, they're doing it for the fun of it. And it's yeah. grand. Get a few drinks. So we'd grand. say. For a band now that has that hasn't appeared on the siege, how do um, they get on the siege? No, not that. It's uh, just how how can they help when they arrive that day? Ah, oh, thank you, Richie. Yeah. Uh, and I will go to the other point because I didn't really I missed missed something a minute ago about the bands. But what I will say is how when you arrive at the siege, make sure you every band should have gigable gear before they even look at playing a gig outside of their garage um some bands seem to go to places where they'll borrow another band's gear and stuff like that and then when they're looking for gigs they have nothing mm-hmm. we've had bands arrive with now without instruments i'm like as in, we have a list we have this list of uh like the greatest hits of stuff that's happened okay. over the years then without instruments one was it right doozy like and they were irish i was like if they came on a plane like we've had bands that have lost their guitars okay. on flights and grand we'll sort them out yeah, but, yeah. Irish man's going, no, I didn't bring, I didn't bring, uh, I thought I could get a bass guitar here. And you're just kind of staring at them blankly going, (laughs) what? Um, Without heads, uh, bands looking to be fully plugged into the PA. Okay. Thinking that that is not, oh, it'll be fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my first thing is, if a band wants to play the siege and they are coming to the siege, have good 
gigable equipment. Mm-hmm. At the Siege, we obviously have the bones of the backline there. Most festivals do. Yeah. The bigger festivals do sponsor the backline. We have looked into it, but it's a big problem. Yeah. So we have to look into it. But heads and stuff like that, generally, bands should have their own heads because they have their own sound. Yep. You know? And most metal bands use heads and, and cabs and heads. Mm. Um, if you're using combos, you're an indie band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so they, they uh, have your own heads, have good leads, have cables, have feckin' drum felts, okay. uh, spare, have all that. You are singing to us if you have that stuff. Come in, bring in your gear in one fell swoop. Don't be bringing in drabs and drabs. Like, is it, well, like, not one fell swoop. I know you can't carry everything once, but like, be orderly. There is excellent bands, and I need to give them a shout out who are good at this. The Crawling recently played Limerick, and well oiled is what I can say. Gear comes in, merch goes up. No Sound surprise. Yeah, no Perfect. surprise. Yeah. No, but and there is great bands like that yeah. as well that are fantastic for us. Um, because Kieran is a sound engineer, like, his band are good at it. Yeah. They're not very good at the merch side of stuff, yeah. though. <laughs> but uh, they're good at setting up, getting their gear set up, doing the sound check, not dilly dallying on stage. Mm. Um, when you come in, don't just expect us to know you're here. We don't. We're not. We don't have the sixth sense. Yeah. And like people, like they expect in, that. Like oh yeah, there there is a little bit of a kind of a Barbara Streisand kind of thing with some bands <laughs> that I have arrived. Where is the person to greet me? Well, I, you've seen me at a siege you've seen Kieran at a siege yeah. we are basically head down ploughing through stuff to get stuff done running from one stage to another yeah. never changes it, no matter how organised we think we are it, it has never changed for mm. us um, so yeah when you get to siege come in early get your stuff into the gear room be polite to the people in the gear room because uh, they tell us who's not nice and if they're not nice we don't have them back <laughs> that's, that's a crucial one man fucking yeah, manners yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ um, uh, be polite to the staff staff tell us if they have trouble with a band and like we, we respect them because they're there 12 hours the same as us and when you're on stage don't eat into another band set very important or don't play over listen to your sound engineer and stuff like that and for I always say it any band that's played the siege should have something recorded that people can check out in advance. I yep. know it's hard for some bands, but even if it's a loose recording that you can click on on a band camp or something, or you are shooting yourself in your foot if you don't have a t-shirt. Yeah. And now it's a, it's the new phenomenon is having four t-shirts and not a single record. And, yeah. It, um, it is that way as well. Yeah. Uh, but having one t-shirt is important, I think. Yeah. Um, just to acknowledge the band, uh, to acknowledge your band, people. I talked to a friend in um, a band called Foxjaw. They're an indie band. Um, Shane. Uh, what are they called, John? Foxjaw. Foxjaw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, great band, but uh, he's always so baffled by the the amount of merch that metal fans buy, and it is. It's a phenomenon only in the metal scene. Yeah. It doesn't happen in other scenes. The mm. amount of T-shirts that are bought, CDs still bought, vinyl yeah. bought, stickers, patches, everything. Yeah. Is in like it's it's a viable, you know for a band to cover their costs at Siege if they do it right. Yeah. <laughs> and their costs are low. Look, it's mm. an easy day. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's grand and you play to a packed room generally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, that'd so be I my suppose we will say then a band land in with their merch, they go to the stall. Um, yeah. yeah. When do they take, when do they collect the merch? Oh, you're, 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 you're really hitting on them. All these bands go, go get merry and they flect, forget to collect the merch. And most of them, some of them are really good. So I send a reminder text. Some bands are better than others. Generally around half, 12, one, because okay. at that point, 
the merch girls and guys yeah. are on their last legs get your merch out yeah at, yeah and nobody's buying beyond that point no they're not true they're not because yeah. like as in they're not you might get one person that'll come up and yeah. literally haggle with you and you're yeah. like i'm not haggling <laughs> yeah. i'm not selling um yeah and so i i look i've i get asked for size advice on t-shirts um large is your main one the bands that don't invest in t-shirts for women are losing out and I'll tell you that lots of them don't because yeah lots of women will wear a a small t-shirt but some of them do want the the lady size ones yeah and we get them every year and we sell out of them before we sell out of anything else oh there you go cool so I would tell bands to look into just getting like most bands get 50 t-shirts yeah have 10 of them be girl size yeah and don't bother getting um quadruple XL and stuff like that because you'd be left with them now some yeah. people there's somebody that wears quadruple XL on this but I'm telling you now yeah, yeah. I've been left with them so many times okay <laughs> so that's, that's a rough guide uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah but just with the application stuff and I'll be quick on this now because mm. this could be a four hour podcast yeah um, the the emails there's a lot to be said for just writing a proper email and not just sending uh, a one liner inbox where I don't have any links or anything like that so email is the best way to get us we do file all emails into Future Siege and like I've got back to bands after two years offered them slots and they're like oh my god I thought you forgot about it. I was like we well, don't forget we just file them like yeah. um, it's just easier to go dun, 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 and you go into them yeah. if a band we'll always prioritize a band that looks like they're putting the effort in as in you know that has you know done links. a bit of a press release yeah. has put the links into yeah. the email has a bit of a recording uh, has a, a photo has links yeah links and everything like that and you know has put, has put the effort in we always prioritise them yeah, as in cool. 100% they know, deserve so. to yeah you, you know, we're, like we're not we're not, not a charity rocket science yeah we're not a charity and yeah. I've had to say that we're not a charity we are we're putting on a metal event If I, it's not the charity event of Limerick like as in did you if, put up um, an, an email there Oh yeah, that was my private one. Though, yeah. yeah, that was mad. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, you've probably you can give up, reel off some ridiculous ones as well, like you know. But yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. There was a, there was one a few years ago. It just said, "Dude, siege us now." Thumbs up, <laughs> and I just said, "Who are you?" And he went, just sent me a link to the page, and I just didn't reply. And then a year later, he sent me the same message with dude question mark oh, and man. I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah that's yeah, mental there's a bit of entitlement there you know yeah um, so that's great I mean Jesus you're kind of certainly after um, educating a few that are, that will be listening to this behind the curtain behind the curtain um, I want to bring you to my highlight of last yeah. year um, King John's Castle Oh yeah, yeah. Amart Behemoth. Um when did the planning go into that? Did you enjoy it anyway? Did Absolutely you? amazing, yeah. As I said, highlight of the year. Did you no. drive up and down or No, we did an overnighter. Oh great one. Did yeah. you go to the after party? Yes I did. Good man. Yes, um, uh, when did the planning start for that? So that started in January, which is actually well it got it got mentioned in December. Uh, of the year, the year before mm. and then in January we started going back and forth and it actually only became a reality then kind of in early March which was quite late for it to become a reality jeez okay um, or was it no sorry yeah it was early it was early March yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's a, there was a lot That's, that was the biggest learning curve for me okay. it's a different it's a different level yeah and I have huge respect for everyone that put work in there um to uh 
Uh, did you know Peter Rees? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, uh, the gates of the castle um, weren't wide enough for their their forty footers to get in. Right. So they'd crossload okay. from the car park, and that's a lot that's of crossloading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a tank of men. Um, but so that like, was Peter. <laughs> Peter was doing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Him Jesus and his, his crew. We again, know, local group. Again, only for you mention it. That's the guy. He's so modest. He, people didn't even know that. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's another person with the old fake yes. name on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah, so, you yeah. Know, uh, Where he's part of the team. But um, was the idea uh, spawned between yourself and Kieran, and then moved yeah. across? Or we local. So I've done a few interviews over the years, and lots of people saying, "When are you going to do? Uh, when's John going to do a gig in King John's Castle, King yeah, John's okay. Castle?" And it was always the idea, but. It, I, I, honestly, I couldn't see it in my head as being a feasible thing. And then when the offer came, there was I, I, I countless meetings and countless Skype phone calls and stuff like that trying to make it happen. Because look, it's Limerick. It's not Dublin. The infrastructure is different. Um, like Cork had the marquee and it's had big metal gigs there. It's had Megadeth and stuff like that. We've never had a big metal gig in Limerick. Um, mm. The last time there was a metal gig in the castle uh, was a back of a truck and it was it, in, it was some incarnation of Diamond Head, and there was uh, sixty people at it. it wow! Was, it was la. It was mad. I was I think I was like fifteen. At the okay, time. so it was a long didn't time even ago. know that. That's, that's a... And dealing with the King John's Castle on it. As soon as you say you're doing a metal gig, they just think you're a big satanic bollocks. Yeah, that just you it know, attracted a lot of controversy. Hates all. Oh, we attracted loads of controversy. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, look, when it became a reality, we just put the head down and we made sure we crossed all, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. How, higher, how hard was that? Uh, very tough. Yeah, mm. licensing, pyro, pyro licenses, um, clearance things to get all those things in, all the passes that ought to be sorted. Just there were so was many. There, was there other people that you pulled in to help you with that? that? Um, so the Dolans have a good infrastructure for lots of stuff. But okay. I because I was. H was in Dublin, so it was it was a DME bad rep Dolan's, yep. you know, yep. three way circle jerk. Yeah, okay. Um, and <laughs> um, instead of uh, I was the man on the ground, and I was the man who knew what was going on. So like, uh, virtually every week I was doing something. Right. And uh, so the there was insurance was a big thing. Mm. Questions about that. Uh, on the day of the event, I remember we the, we got the the fire license. The mo- uh, we got it sent through to us and I was walking to the site and I could see the fire marshal walking to the site uh, manager at the right. time who was Liam, Liam Marley yeah. shout, shout out to Liam Marley, yeah. great, mm. great sound engineer uh, head sound engineer in Dolan's uh, and I could see him and I could see, this, I could see the fire officer <laughs> and I, I was, I literally just pulled in and I Start, I didn't want to look like I was running with something important so I just like I was like I'll have to use a big long stride here <laughs> and I was like fast walking and I just casually walked past Liam and handed him the paper like and then your man went can I see your license and Liam was like yeah certainly we have it Jesus and Christ we just it was it. that close it was that close now we had it but he, yeah, I yeah. Did, like anything like that if he was kept waiting he could have gone no I'm not happy yeah. um, but like yeah clearance uh, the trucks I, did you see their trucks yeah they were huge oh it was crazy yeah. and like there like there's a lot of crew involved uh, with boat so the Behemoth crew are called the Wolfpack mm. and they really are a Wolfpack they're a unit mm. they operate like a unit and there was at one point we 
putting uh, we had to bring in the the crane to put infernos so monomart where, where it was a double headliner but monomart set up first and they set up all their viking skull and everything okay. like that and we needed enough clearance on the stage and that was a big thing to have to get a bigger stage get the barricades in everything had to be a certain distance uh, and i'll go back to the controversy in a minute because that was the biggest head thing the biggest thing was the controversy like all the other stuff was just bureaucracy and right. necessary irish stuff yeah and you know all this other small stuff and you know getting stuff in in time riders in time organizing shuttles there's a lot there's a lot goes on security team meetings with everyone um dealing with the public you know you forget that you get emails about everything like wheelchair access and stuff like yeah. that reporters press passes all you, you get it all so it was really cool and when it was on, I was so tired. And everyone's like, you look really tired. I was like, of course I'm exactly, really tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it was great. It was fantastic. The day itself, um, the stress. So the pressure of the day was 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 was, was crazy. Um, like, you know, but it flew by. Um, I drive an old banger of a car. Um, I'm not a car person. People always laugh at about it. And because I'm like six foot seven, they're always like, it's like your man in the Simpsons. You know, like yeah. you snagging the size of my automobile. Now I'm actually, you know, I've, it's time has come. I finally have to get a new car because it's just like, it's, it's at this point now, I, my car's name is Nula. At this point, uh, Nula's, you know, she's on her last leg. She was in on it. Um, she's so she's, she's a grafter. So I arrived up at my car and I didn't think that, um, at any point, I'd have to give bands a lift in my car. So I'd give Johan Hegg what? in my 05 Corolla. Classic. Uh, yeah, I had to give him a lift uh, from... from. <laughs> so I, we, I, we were outside Dolan's and their tour bus and it was like 8 or 9 a.m. And their tour manager came out and said, oh, well, you give me another guy a lift down with a few bags. And I went, oh, right, yeah, I will, yeah. <laughs> and I said, look, my car isn't great. Now, don't be expecting a lap of luxury. And your man was like, oh, it's grand, it's fine. Johan Hegg's the same height as me. And... Uh, he came along, big sleepy head in him, and I went, "Oh my god!" I'm like I like you know, I hadn't cleaned the car out, like as in it had uh, stuff from work in there, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's getting into my folders and papers." Yeah, 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 yeah. And he got in, and he just went, "Old car," <laughs> and I went, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." He said, "Big, you need big car." Uh, I'm doing a disservice to his accent. He's very clear, eloquent speaker. Yeah. Um but. Over the course of the day, I had to drive him up four or five towns. So by the end of it, we were just laughing and joking about it. And I was chatting away to him. He was gas crack. He was a funny man. Um, and he, uh, like, because so many bands had come through, like we were talking about Corrosion Conformity, because he, he knew the lads and they were talking about that and they played and talking about other bands we come through. We were just talking about people we knew and heads we knew and stuff like that. Um, and one, towards the end, there was people hanging outside the castle on the last runs. Yeah. And there's a guy, do you, do you, oh, he's, a, he's a local myth or legend, Barry Ryan. Yes, do you know Barry? Barry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reddest face in Ireland. Yes. <laughs> Lovely, gentleman. He didn't approach for a sign poster, did he? Or no, like no, but he doesn't have an off switch. Like, he has this <laughs> loud volume. Yeah. He once was shouting in an airport, uh, calling my name out from, I could hear him from two terminals away. Like. <laughs> um, but he approached anyway. We were we were driving in because we were allowed to drive through the gate, yeah. and I was dropping Johan yeah. in through the gate. And uh, Barry saw that it was me in the car anyway, and he was just standing there by the, outside the gate, and he just just kind of nodded. And then as I was going past, he obviously dawned at him who was in the passenger seat, <laughs> and he goes, "Johan, Johan!" And he actually grabbed the back of my car. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he started shaking as if he was shaking the car, shaking his hand, and he was like, "Who?" <laughs> 
you know, I was like, who is this man? I was like, oh, sorry, he's, he's kind of a local local legend. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, is he dangerous? I was like, God, no, he's a, gent- he's a gentleman. He's like, oh, God, oh, God, just screaming in after him. And I was like, he's like, are all Irish people like this? And I said, ah, they all have a touch of it. They all have a touch of it. Like, but, uh, That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he so, was a gas man, yeah. So stuff like that sticks out um, in your memory. But, I mean, I suppose kind of when you get a perspective on it from maybe um, a week before yeah. it happened and a week after it, considering the huge controversy that was mm. building and building the whole time. Do you want to talk about the controversy? Yeah, then? I do, yeah. I think it. I think it actually helped you in the end. It didn't actually we, sell that many more tickets, by the way. Didn't it really? No. Oh, no. Well, okay. It it's actually is called the Barbara Streisand effect because apparently uh, she was controversial and she sold more tickets for one of her shows. I had to look up that up because somebody yeah. referenced it. Okay. Um, Go on. At that point, it maybe it was there was a tight because it was close. It was close. We heard it. It was coming. Yeah. When you've bet him out in town, there's always controversy. They've built oh, like great band. Great music, but they're they're they've built an industry off, you know, proving these people wrong yeah. and making them look like idiots. Yeah. And now there was no direct contact between um, this. I'm not even not between uh, this politician and um, uh, Behemoth, but he chose to go on the radio. He was looking to get in the local press, but the thing was, there was a big write up in the Irish Times the year before about Behemoth because they played Dublin. Okay. And he was there asking for no visas and stuff like this. Mm. Visas. And I was there looking at their visas as in like they were already coming, like they were on their way. Yeah. And I was like, this is a, yeah. a bit mad. And look, I'm all, art is freedom. As in, yes. it's, it's as simple as that. Like you can go, you can make an argument and a long-winded argument, like go on for hours. But simply, if, as soon as you start censoring art, we're going down a very dark path. And yeah. if I watch Silence of the Lambs, does that make me a cannibal? You know, yeah. as in, in a, why is there different brands mm. given to how metal people consume art, stuff like that? Freedom of speech, freedom of speech. He's um, uh, Nurgle has been taken through the highest courts in Poland and won. Yeah, uh, Europe, he's won. Uh, mm. Anything that's been thrown against him, and it just kind of stank of somebody that hadn't really done the research, but was just had had a, a knee jerk reaction to. Metal is evil. The, yeah. the satanic panic, and that's kind of the eighty stuff that you see with Twisted Sister and everything like that. There's a there's a vein of that coming back now. Cancellation culture and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a vein of that coming back, and I, I I'm worried about where it's going to end up. Where like because there can't be a, there's no clean line around it. Mm. It's like it, everything comes from America and it came from yes, America. This kind of panic it, yeah. thing around it. But look, they built off it. We got we got publicity off it. Uh, at that point, I was so caught up in doing the show that I was like, the show's happening. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely happening. And everyone in King John's Castle was like, this is great. Everyone that went and saw it, like my colleagues in work, oh, that was a great day. It was fantastic walking downtown that day. Mm. So it was a lovely sunny day. Yeah. And like there was loads of people and, you know, all the all the hotels were booked out. The The economic value that the metal scene and the siege and that has had for Limerick and Nobody's nobody's ever going to thank Kieran or I for me. Nobody's ever going to thank well, look, the, the donors get thanked for putting on gigs all the time. But nobody's ever going to thank a metalhead for doing that. We never do. Like I, I, we like as in we're still considered amateur or it's still considered childish. And yet, uh, try and find last October when Tribulation played at the Siege. Try and find a hotel room in Limerick. Yeah, yeah, you'll struggle. Like and yeah. even with like uh, with the castle, 
Um, it was just great to see so many people coming together, coming yeah. to Limerick. I'm, I'm proud of Limerick. I like it. Like it gets yeah. an absolutely horrendous rap. Um, it still does, and like still every band that comes in, go. I hear this is Stab City, and you're uh, like, Jesus, uh, yeah. no, like you do because yeah, yeah. every band you treat as new, you make the jokes, you talk about it, blah, 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 yeah. blah, and it's grand. And then they leave, going, oh, it's a nice place, yeah, it's grand, yeah, yeah. And um, was it worth it? Maybe at at that after show party, did you yeah. feel it was worth it then? Yeah. And then you go a week past it, and then go, Jesus Christ, we have done something unique here, and took a correct. month. Was it a month? Well, I slept so much after it. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Like, I went back to the after party and I hadn't touched a sup all day. Yeah, yeah. I had some come down after it. I was actually miserable after because I was just so drained. Um, yeah. It takes a lot out of you, like, doing big shows. Uh, I, I realise that now. Uh, like, I look, I've done big shows. Like, we've, we've had a lot of big shows. We've, like, we've had Catatonia in town. We've had Corrosion Conformity. We've had Cannibal Corpse. I'm just going to keep this list in there now. Yeah. Like, we've had a lot of big shows very recently. Yeah. And... I naively went into this one thinking it's just another big show, but there was two huge crews um, and like Behemoth are headlining Bloodstock next year, I'm pretty sure they're one of the bands there, they're announced, yeah. I'm pretty sure they are. And like there's loads of, there's Amanomart are huge, the Cellar Arenas, this was a small show for them. Mm. So they are, need to be treated and they put on the show and everyone like was great to see so many people calling it their gig of the year yeah. and like when the when the pyro started going off I was like fuck me yeah. running this is this is this is the shit yeah and a beautiful night for it as well yeah right? great with the castle as the backdrop yeah. um, it took a month for it to settle in when I started seeing the pictures yes and the drone um, yeah the drone footage well. and yeah. I saw that I was like this is class this is really cool and like the fact that there was no real problem that it you know Bouncer said it was fine yeah uh, like you were saying after, when I went back to me, um, H and Peter went back to, uh, we, we set in with some of the lads from Amana Mart in Dolan's and we had one point. And after I had that one point, um, I was just like, I just need to go to bed. Yeah. And now I stay, I, I stayed on for another three hours. Because yeah, 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 no, people were coming yeah. up talking and you just have, you have the banter and like you have the crack. And, and that was important. But yeah, I, it, now it's whether we're doing it again. And look, that's a big question mark. We don't know if we can do it again. Hopefully we can. But I, Do you know what? I think, John, you, sometimes you could be the victim of your own success yeah. as well, you know? And I genuinely think people actually thought there was going to be another King John's Castle this year. Yeah. Do you know? Um, yeah, I, look, I can, it's early I days yet. I'm glad you're explaining that because there's, there's just a huge, massive head fuck yeah look you know Richie, it didn't sell out it didn't sell know? out we didn't we needed it to sell out and fully and it, like while it was fantastic i got close it didn't fully sell out yeah which is like it's class how great it went and all the photos look like it but come here now something like that should be selling out it now, should yeah i mean um and uh, there's that argument that we did it once if we did it again it is, would there, sell out. is there enough infrastructure within the metal scene to help it sell out um infrastructure is the word I don't think there's a good enough late night transport infrastructure in Ireland right. um, for so you and I have both been to gigs abroad you can leave that and get a train to the next city if you need to mm. at 1am 2am if um, that's why I always go pity about the Dublin people who had to come down for giving out about travelling I've yeah. been getting the, the yes, half to we all have been. I've been getting the, yeah, yeah, that know. night bus back mm. to the one that goes to Cork as well yeah. I've been getting into Limerick at half four half five yeah. so boo hoo to them they can come down to Limerick for once yeah. uh, but uh, I there, I think we do have the population and what we're becoming 
naive about that. So last year with the castle, there was no big metal festival. This year, we have a load of endeavours after popping up. Yeah. Some of them now coming under scrutiny yeah. and some of them clashing with each other. And price, ticket prices, like, and then you've got like gigs getting announced a week after a festival that's here. Uh, isn't there a week there in the summer where Ramstein are playing Belfast? Um, yeah, there's a few clashes. Uh, uh, what's on the, the, the that Unstruck thing is on, uh, Guns N' Roses on. We are, it's going to fall again. What goes up must come down. Correct. And I don't think they've learned from their mistake. It's about spacing these things out. It's about yeah. being real with people. I don't think economically people can afford to go to all these gigs. And if they do, they're probably borrowing and then you're in debt and debt is dangerous obviously yeah. to that sort of debt yeah. but um so yeah you know sorry that's so negative let's be no, positive no, no, <laughs> no. um what about kind of again probably promotion wise as well um in relation to kind of metal in mm. general um it's very territorial yeah isn't it i i, I yeah it is territorial um and it's like, I, 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 what, has it ever come up in the podcast about like the battles in Cork between the promoters? I'm sure it has, is it? Um, not as Am much. Am I going to be controversial? Because I can talk no, about no. it because I'm not in Cork. Yeah. But like, I just, uh, I think Cork need the promoters to talk to each other a bit more. They just don't seem to, you know, uh, I'm not going to name any names because that's not fair. Yeah. But I just think that it suffers from its lack of communication and the fact that there's a tiny bit of one and up one upmanship sometimes from an outside perspective. Yeah. And I have this verified from Cork people that gig two gigs on the same day, what are you at? Yeah. It's not Las Vegas. Like yeah. as in um it's it's hard, and it happens here. It's happened here as well. The boom is definitely back. As in like there isn't a huge population base of metalers to go to gigs. Yeah. Plus people can't probably afford to go to two gigs. Mm. As in like Rent is on the up and you up could and, and you could name out the people that are traveling to these gigs, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the same, yeah. same people. And you're putting too much pressure on them, then if if you pick it up. So, there is, I think, uh, and it's because there's other promoters starting up in Limerick and fair play to them, they, they can work away. Uh, there needs to be communication, and it's it's decent here, it's decent enough. There would be a message between now the other guys look there, they're the small bar kind of stuff and they're happy doing what they're doing but like they'll message me and ask do we have a gig if I haven't announced something is there a gig that night and I'll go oh there is yeah but I say look that, uh, I'd be like ah, I don't think they'd clash yeah. if it's completely different you're yeah. going to get completely different crowds but mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely a day in Cork there a few weeks ago where I was going is, am I actually seeing this right there's mm-hmm. three gigs on yeah. in the space of 24 hours yeah. and they're all the same ilk yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, communication would have fixed that and it's kind of uh that's where things will fall apart. And nostalgia is horrible as well. I'm, I absolutely hate nostalgia. Mm. Um, that, like when you ask me, was it great with the castle? Yeah, it's great. It's done now. It's a fun memory for me, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to dine out in it for much longer. Yeah. Like it was great. I'll get a picture frame from me all. It'll be something I talk about with a few points of me, yeah. but I probably won't talk about it beyond this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and what happens, it's uh, Irish, it's an Irish illness is people go, oh, remember, remember when there was gigs like this all the time? Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, back in the day, back in the day, back in the yeah. day. And you're like, God, you're not 90. Yeah. And those gigs weren't great. Is in like, <laughs> I went to gigs in the Crush Keen Lawn. Yeah. The sound was good 
50% of the time yeah. you know as in, and it like fair play to them for putting on gigs and like there's definitely going to be somebody going how dare you insult Krushki Nan as if I'm insulting their firstborn but like I went to gigs in other venues uh, like as in over the years the, the PINT in Dublin was a great venue that's been called a nostalgic venue yeah. now as in like actually I'm glad you kind of brought that up it, it's the amount of venues that are actually closing pop. yeah yeah it's a bit yeah. scary isn't it yeah it's gone yeah and yeah and I wonder will it get to a point where venues will not prioritise metal because they can do other things I, I think um, I think it's happening being truthful yeah you know yeah. you can kind of see it creeping in yeah yeah um, again it's just down to a lot of a lot of it is communication between promoters as well yeah and know? I would chat to the guys in Cork chat to the guys in Limerick see Cork and Limerick they we're getting into it now are, are very close so a, unless when a band goes beyond a certain level it's not really realistic for them to play both cities when they're huge yeah because you're just fucking each other over the two yeah. promoters are just fucking each other over yes exactly yeah. so um, th- there was an offer I remember when Bellwitch were doing it we could have done Bellwitch as well and I know Khan did that and if we'd done that it would have been bad for both of us even though they're a great band love the band yeah. but it would have been bad for all of us because you're talking the same I travel down for it, like yeah. Another ten lads, ten, ten or fifteen lads travel down for it. I'm sure, but, John, you could name another twenty situations like that. Yeah, and straight away, like you know. But, but it's it's good then, like that, like you. I've seen you coming up for gigs mm. a lot, and I've seen other lads coming up for gigs a lot. It's an hour uh, on the motorway, an hour and a half on the motorway. You said you did yeah. it in there earlier, and when you think about people in America, they travel like six or seven hours to yeah. go to a gig. We're, we we complain about things that are you know very minimum like you know if it's a midweek gig it's going to be finished by half eleven if you live in Cork you'll be back in your bed by one yeah and sure you'll be if you can't get up for work when you're going back to bed at one what yeah. are you doing was uh, the way the Invictus oh um, that was gas crack yeah 20 year celebration went off we will be doing something in that church again so okay. there's there's your insider information there cool okay so nice hopefully and I'll be doing it it'll be just a bad rep thing um, so that'll be this year at some point yeah and it should be fun um, yeah that, that was fun uh, love doing things in churches uh, <laughs> logistically the church is a church it's not like the ones in Tilburg for Roadburn which is converted to a venue yeah this is a church this is a church okay. so we had like what, two entrances and we had to get portaloos in and lots of calls with Darren and stuff like that and look those bands their bands he's collected over the years and having them in Limerick was great fun having such a diverse international audience all dressed in black yeah look miserable yeah and going to Donkey Forge Chipper for, for <laughs> fish and chips yeah it was also great and like loads of them hung on for the next day as well for the, for the, for the CJ so it complemented it well um, definitely did yeah we had a last minute uh, issue there we we smoke is a priority for all they all wanted to have like dry ice and smoke <laughs> and uh the, we tried it the night before all fine and for some reason five minutes before doors when we just blasted the smoke all the smoke alarms were off we had to lay doors by like 15 minutes oh, and we had to go around because it's church and Jer thanks to Jer uh, Jer in, uh, is uh, the principal sound engineer sound well a bit of everything there yeah. he does everything he's her contact there um, he he uh, Went around on a really high, <laughs> really high ladder with plastic gloves and con- and condoms. <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, 
uh, fixed fixed the problem. So then it was all right. Brilliant. And look, it was great. The Portaloos and oh, great. Why am I talking about Portaloos? Sorry, go on. Well, you're <laughs> a promoter. This, it's a everyone, every, evil. everyone was like, <laughs> I am I am drinking cans in a church. <laughs> And that, that graveyard, um, hey, if you're coming down for the next one, I'll take you on a tour of the graveyard. Cool. How, how goth is that? Yeah. Um, there's some really funny uh, stories about the gravestones in there. How important um, are foreign nationals to the metal scene in Ireland? Living here or coming here? Living here, attending gigs. Um, in yeah. your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, for I hate saying foreign nationals. Foreign nationals. I mean, what can you fucking... <laughs> you, you, know? you sound like you're on a prime time debate. Yeah. Foreign nationals. <laughs> Um, in relation to the scene itself as a promoter now what's your perspective on it yeah um, at points so we were we, our heyday was during the recession well no you're still good fuck heydays yeah. we're, we're, we're doing alright yeah. but like when we started doing bigger gigs it was during the recession yeah and a lot of our audience our staple audience were maybe 20% um, European as yeah. in the uh, Polish area, yeah. Latvian, yeah. Um, South American, mm-hmm. um, uh, that were coming for shows and traveling, driving in for shows. Like, yeah. um, there was a guy, I think he's gone back now. Um, oh, I have two stories I have to mention here, the guy from Japan. Yeah, go for it. Uh, there's the, so is it Gorth? Gort and Galway had a large Brazilian community for a yeah, while. That's right, yeah. And large, met, huge metal scene in Brazil. And there was this group that they, they had a van. It was their work van. Right. And they would drive up for it. And they'd, everyone would take a turn driving up for a gig. And they came. There was like 10 of them. They came into gigs. The thing is, they didn't want to talk to anyone. They just wanted to watch the music. So yeah. a few times, the Irish lads would go over and talk to them. And they just <laughs> stare at them. But they're like, we, we kind of got on to nodding terms towards the okay. end. Now, they're, they're, yeah, I met one of them since. And he's settled. But the rest of them have gone back to Brazil. Okay. Um, so like that, looks, that was funny. But then there's this guy... Uh, is his name Shin? I can't. His name is Kenji or Shinji, right? And he went to college in UL, and he comes back without fail to every siege from Japan. Uh, every year on oh. the Easter siege, he flies back in for it. Incredible. And he buys CDs from nearly. If the band has a CD, he'll buy it. Uh, he'll buy at least ten, fifteen T-shirts. Jesus. And uh, when I was doing CD T-shirts online once, this order came in and it was mad. It was like all the Chinese writing, you know. and. Uh, I was like, I'll try and do it. I'll try and yeah. write it on the envelope. You know, I was in there like going, oh, oh, yeah. And the, the teacher ended up back with me after a month and a half. Yeah. And it had loads of stamps on it. And I got to know him because I didn't know him at first because I just thought he was, because I remember when he came up to the stand, he'd always have a backpack on yeah. and uh, he'd have a list of what he wanted. And I just thought he was a, an, an Asian gentleman that lived in Limerick. And then... He uh, came up to me after one siege because I just saw this uh, order from uh, Japan and I was like, oh, cool, somebody from Japan's mm. in siege. And he's like, oh, thanks, I got the t-shirt at the end. I was like, you're the guy, you're here. He said, oh, I fly over every Easter for this. That's incredible. Um, I was in college uh, doing computer some science in UL, discovered the siege and I come over every Easter for this. Mm. And, he, and like he's... He's got a, a small community over there, but he apparently like plays all the gives all the Irish stuff to, and he's given me a lot of Japanese stuff as well, a lot of Japanese men. Now then he said, "Oh, will you fly them over?" And I said, "I can't afford that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but another great example. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've we've had a lot like that, um, but that one is my favorite because he, yeah. he like I I I wait for him at Easter because he's he look he's he's not a very out 
where like look you meet a lot of anti-social people at metal mm. gigs that just are into metal now they're friendly but they're friendly to a point so like when I'm excited to see him he just gives me a blank look <laughs> <laughs> he just goes hello and you're kind of like ah look he's here that's what all yeah. that matters you know yeah. yeah so just lastly um, we'll have a look at what's coming yeah on the siege in April oh cool yeah let's do that so um, full of hell how did you decide on them or did it coincide nicely with their tour pattern or yeah so um dropping the friend bomb uh, i'm friends with uh, dylan as uh, the main guy in that band nice uh, well if I, by saying the main guy in that band <laughs> they're all the main yeah, guy yeah, in that yeah. Band. yeah but um i was talking to him they played here at our at the bad rep 10 year anniversary yeah um with conan uh it was a great night and they were fantastic and i i actually only listened to them like I listened to maybe two or three songs but it coincided that they were in the country and I was like oh look they're a cool band and with Conan playing I'll put them on because I know they're and as soon as they played I was like god these guys are wait till you see them it's, it's intense yeah. now it'll be only it'll be, they only play for about 40 minutes yeah. but you'll need a glass of water and lie down after <laughs> like you know um, it, so they're they were touring and I was talking to Dylan he said we're coming back we're coming back and then their agent got in touch through DME and stuff like that and they wanted to play Dublin and he said oh they want to play Limerick as well and just back and forth the usual email yeah. thing okay. uh, like if I show you my inbox it's because I never delete my inbox and yeah. some, if anyone has OCD I'm the worst person to meet right. because my inbox is like 4 million 5,000 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just kind of I, I've, I've everything since the dawn of bad rep in there so if somebody says oh my when God. was that I go ding, 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 ding. oh you have it yeah Jesus um, so having them back is, gra- uh, is great and um, He's. Uh, they're really excited about it because when they were here, they were, we were talking about it because they're look. They're really uh, kind of a, a lefty band, and look, I'm a lefty. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they um, they they kind of love the idea that it's a community event and that it's like you know not for profit and that a lot of bands get get to play to a bigger crowd and there's international bands there. And look, we're trying to sell them the crack element as well, like because yes. crack in Ireland is mighty. So yeah. You know, yeah. Crack C R A I C. Just in case, <laughs> just in case somebody yeah. abroad's like, you sell crack at the siege. <laughs> Primitive Man um, played Cork. Uh, yeah, I saw them. They were fantastic. Apparently, they were great, great. front men. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to having them. We we um, we get offered that. Look, there's some some gigs we can't do. You win some, you lose some. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, looking forward to having them back. I have an awful lot of time for Ten Ton Slug. Um, I think Sean and the lads. Uh, if I was to pick one band in Ireland that are really grafting, and like. G- genuinely know what they're doing have a vision for what they're doing um, now other bands were saying we have that yeah. but just when I first met them I was talking to Sean and he had a plan and mm. I was like god this is great you're not just playing for a few points and, and like all, all all the love in the world for bands are just doing for yeah. fun but they had an idea they stuck with it and they honed that and they had like mm. an idea for it Like, and they, they released stuff they did cool t-shirts they did everything they toured and they kind of do it and there's 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 a little bit of jealousy and I know, I'm sorry to bring that in, in the metal scene where you hear people making kind of Snyder marks or other metal band success I'm sure people don't say it in the podcast because they're all trying to be squeaky clean and everyone yeah. loves each other but you don't begrudge that band their success um, just because your band isn't doing as well Tento Slug have, have earned where they are you know Our and uh, yeah. we, like me and Sean were talking and I was like look I want you back at the siege I know you're kind of you've done a, you've done loads of sieges at this stage 
Uh, but we want to make a big thing out of you playing the siege this time around. So expect a big thing for that one. We have yeah. a few ideas. Um, Excellent. That should be fun. Um, and you, and as they're well just, as they're that, just fucking lovely guys. Well. They're just guys. Oh, I mean, and absolute total professionals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In every in every aspect. Um, there's another highlight actually of this year, or sorry, last year um, was um, when they supported Memoriam. Memoriam, yeah, great gig, yeah, and yeah. Zelikud as well. I mean, that was that one of my favorite gigs last year. Fantastic yeah. highlight as well. That Memoriam gig uh, was great. Um, you had you, the time to enjoy that, yeah, because uh, Bowl Thrower, like huge band, huge yes. fan of them for years. I listened to them at least once a week in the car. Um, some of the best death metal riffs there is, and lovely guys. Lovely guys, you interviewed them. Great interview yeah. with them. It, what what came across with all these kind of really angry bands that really angry, Cannibal Corpse and Pat, who gotten like let's talk about Pat for a second, okay. like all that stuff that came out about Pat and fair play to Kieran. Kieran came out swinging, just saying he was an absolute gentleman when we were here. It was a really early get in for that one. Fair enough, it's Cannibal Corpse. I'm not going to not going to be grudge Cannibal Corpse. Uh, yeah. An early get in, and I was like, who is getting coming in? At, 9am as in like normally get ins around 11 or 12 okay. if you're very lucky it's one and yeah. you're like great I get it you know woohoo yeah. I can go in and because like I'm busily trying to get all the writer stuff in and getting all that stuff done making sure that there isn't vomit everywhere yeah. you know making sure the place has been cleaned <laughs> and doing all that stuff and getting all the paperwork done uh, we arrived up to the band room and Pat was already up there at 9 o'clock and he was playing a, he brought a little travel guitar or was it, it was a mandolin or a travel guitar okay. it might have been a mandolin and he was just sitting up there jamming out in it and um, all the time the world chat to us, like talking a big, big, big name in the metal yeah. scene, talking about his Irish roots and all that sort of stuff. And he was doing, he, he admitted that like he was doing that tour sober because he was sick of doing tours drinking. And right. I think he said that in a few press things as well, so I'm not giving up on anything like that. Mm. So he was coming towards the end of the tour. And he was just really proud of himself. And it was great. Like, and we were just chatting away, chatting about bands, chatting, sharing stories. And the amount of time he gave to everyone that came up to him, because he, he hung, just walked around the venue in the front bar drinking tea all day. And like, you know, and he talked to anyone about yeah. everything. And like, there were some people that were coming up that were really, you know, I would have been like, my patience is wearing. Yeah. And he was just so patient with them. Really nice, did loads of photos and was just really hanging around. All of the lads in the band were just so pleasant. And then they got up on stage and they're like, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> and then like, they just, when Pat got torn apart in the press, I was like, you don't fucking know this guy at all. Yes. Fuck off. Yeah. As in like, he, we're like, we're trying on one hand in the world, trying to, you know, say, tell people that like, mental health is fragile and stuff like that. The ma- the lad had a bad day, you mm. know, as in like, as in, have you seen the film falling down? That's a bad day as well. Yeah. Like the lad had a bad day and he suffered for it. Yeah. And they just, you know, dragged him through and shit and fuck those, those me- there's, there's metal websites no I'm just going to go ahead and get angry but there's metal websites out there that made like made their their bank on it like you know yeah. put up pictures of the man suffering in jail like a suffering in court I was like no no this is not right he was he was such a nice man the band were so nice and I know I've gone off on a kind of a preaching no, no, fine. but um, they're just so nice sorry tan- tangent galore there so. yeah oh, well I mean they, there was a funny, there's a funny one there and I know you like funny stories uh, Canadian beer is not very popular in Ireland. We'll all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Malston, is it? Yeah, yeah. I call it headache special. Right. Um, uh, but look, it's grand. It's fine. Right. And the writer just said speciality beers and stuff. So yeah. we got them beautiful local beers, all these lovely stuff. <laughs> and the rest of the band were drinking it. And we hadn't seen Corpse Grinder all day. Corpse Grinder stays on the bus. Okay. Plays video games. 
mm. and all that sort of stuff and comes in for dinner says one or two words goes on stage plays and notoriously doesn't like socialising that much yeah. and towards the end of the night we're clearing out he's a big man big neck yes. it's, big, it's bigger in person we're clearing out anyway and there's we gave them all these nice beers but then there was I just said oh there's a case of Canadian there from our last gig I'll just throw it up into the band room because yeah. we get Canadians we have to go with the beers the Dolans can give because there's that there's, look because Dolans sound like that they give us we buy the beer off Dolans and we put it up so um, throw up the case of Canadian thinking that'll still be there yeah. uh, but one and half one they're thundering up the up to the band room I heard it at the stair I hear you've Canadian mold. I can't do American accent. I hear you've Canadian mold some up here. Can, do you have Canadian? Do you have fucking Canadian up here? And I went, yeah, there's there's loads of it, loads of it. And he opened the fridge. He's like six bottles. Oh my god, I haven't been able to get this anywhere this in Europe. Corpse kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I fucking love Canadian mold some. And I said I actually have a case. Do you want it? You'd swear like I'd given him like the keys, the keys. He was delighted. He was like. Oh fuck! This is amazing. He says, "I've been drinking shitty local beer for you know, I just want to drink Canadian malt." So my God, incredible! Delighted with it. Yeah. I mean, like delighted <laughs> so much so, and he normally doesn't. He posed for a picture. And I was like, "Yeah, I got yeah. a picture." And he could tell he didn't want to, but he's like, "Guys, just have to give me an entire crate of Canadian yeah. malt." <laughs> um, but it's great. Like, and there was there was kind of like you know real charity stories like that. Black, Blackstone Cherry when they came to town. Um, your man was sponsored by, I don't know his name, the main guy from that band. But he was sponsored by some vaping company. Right. And uh, I saw a fully grown man cry because uh, they were talking outside. And your man just went on the bus and he said, don't let them kick that guy yet. Just leave him there a minute. And I said, all right, grand. Yeah. And he came out and he just handed your man a box and a load of coils. I don't vape, so I don't right, know. Yeah. A load of paraphernalia for right. vaping. <laughs> and your man was like, oh my God, thank you, thank you. And he went, and your man went, no problem. No problem. He took a picture of him back in the bus. And I said... Jesus, he said, he said, he said, this is about 700, 800 euros worth of uh, vaping stuff. He said, oh, he just gave it to you. He said, yeah, he's sponsored by them. But like, you can't get this in Ireland. This is, this is amazing. Jesus. And there was tears in his eyes. He said, this is, this is amazing. He says, I'm not even going to use these. I'm just going to keep them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, it was, it was absolutely class. And any bizarre writer. What was the bizarrest? Um, you get stuff. Uh, I always laugh at socks and jocks. Really? Yeah, they're always on writers. Lots of writers. Um, look, we've. I'm not without naming bands. No, I, no. There was pussy on one writer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's some funny ones written like. Uh, like uh, there's one coming up and they've underlined no mushrooms and they keep and then at the very end because it just says no mushrooms again and then like people that really hammer home because apparently in Eastern Europe it's a problem if they're vegan uh, or vegetarian they say like our food cannot have a face and then there was uh, examples of faces on it Uh, they're funny like that yeah yeah the pussy one was funny because I just kind of I didn't vet it and I sent it on to Dolan's to say oh this is the writer I'm bringing in and they just sent me back a message going did you look at the third line on that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I generally, to be honest with you, right, there's a lot of vegetarians in the metal scene. You get a lot of vegetarians coming into town yeah. uh, and always, the Dolan's always laughing at it. They're like, the big angry men. And yeah, they're like, uh, we want our vegetables. And I'm like, ah, look, you know, environmentally yeah. conscious, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, we're talking about that siege. Uh, looking forward to having the crawling back. Um, God alone, great cork yeah. band. 
there's, there's, there's a great variety mm. in it. Really yeah, is. yeah. And again, you know, fair play to you, man. There's a lot of local lads as well. There yeah. As well, which is great. There's a lot it of bands is. from Galway. We haven't mentioned Galway much. And there's another band there that I saw um, in Bloodstock, Blind River. I'm yeah. I'm delighted to yeah. see them. So I'd have a good build. relationship with James around the siege and he'd sometimes build tours for bands there because he'd run the Bloodstock event in okay. Belfast and he'd, he'd run gigs around them coming over so we've got some cool bands through it yeah and um, that's how king witch originally came on the on our radar and uh okay. i've had them back a few times since great band yeah so that's it john listen um it's been great talking to you man and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that everybody will take their own uh part of the podcast and enjoy it and <laughs> and and you've cleared up a lot of stuff as well yeah for cheers, probably others yeah. there that aren't too sure of how to approach you <laughs> yeah email e- email polite email and, and, he's, and he's a nice dude you know? if we don't get back to you we will eventually <laughs> so that's it you've been listening to the podcast um, with John um, from Bad Reputation and The Siege and uh, check out the website and all the social media side of things from The Metal Cell and again long may uh, The Siege last and Bad Reputation they've been uh, fantastic for the metal scene right through the last 12, 13 years. So thanks Hello. on my behalf and much appreciated for sitting down and talking to me, John. Up Limerick. Up Ooh. Limerick. That's it.